Before we start today's show, have you checked out the dogbookcompany.com? Chic, timeless, and the ideal gift for any dog owner, the Dog Book Company has a range of stylish notebooks and coffee table books that are simply adorable. And because we love dogs as much as you, we give back $1 from every sale to dog charities. Shop now at thedogbookcompany.com and get free shipping on US and Australian orders. Now you can enjoy the show. Welcome to The Dog Show, a podcast for dog mums and dads who like to spoil their pups and care for their well-being. I'm your host, Will Blunt, and every week I interview global experts about dog health, nutrition, behaviour, trends, and much more. Let's sink our teeth into this week's episode. In this episode of The Dog Show, I speak with Millie Hooper, the founder of Sydney-based dog business, Hooper Ruff. So Hooper Ruff creates a range of unique and naturally produced dog products, such as dog wash, soap, and homemade treats. Millie's mission with Hooper Ruff is to increase awareness among dog owners, such as you and I, about the ingredients that go into the products that we buy, the good, the bad, and the potentially harmful. She shares some great tips in the interview about what you can do when you're looking for products, how to avoid harmful products, and how to choose the ones which will benefit your dog's health. I certainly learned a lot from the interview, and I hope you do too. Amelia from Hooperoff, thanks so much for coming in and being on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me, Will. Very you're, excited. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so do you want to start with a bit of a background with your history with dogs and how you got into this industry? Yes, yes. I, um, I grew up on a farm, always had dogs growing up, or every animal on a farm actually. And as you know, growing up with dogs as a kid, they're just they're with you all the time. You create these amazing, great memories and you just end up buying more dogs as you get older and you can't live without them. And I think that that is something for me they've always been a big part of my life mm. and you've always want to have the best for them. So that's how Hooper Ruff started about two years ago when I moved to Sydney and I realised there was a big gap in the market and I really wanted to create something for dogs that was natural and had lots and lots of benefits. Mm. So that's when I came up with the idea of creating those products and making sure that I was educating people along the way as well because the skin is the largest organ of the body and it's also absorbent. So it's really important to understand what you're putting on it and what's going into your skin and what's being absorbed. Okay. So we'll get to the ingredients about mm. the products you have in a moment, but just jump back one second. What type of dog did you have when you were growing up on the farm? <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> So we had Sharpays. Okay. <laughs> the wrinkly dogs. Yeah, the you know the toilet roll dog with all the rolls. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Sharpay. So a quite an odd dog to have on a farm in Tasmania. Yeah. But we did have other dogs growing up as well. So luckily we had other dog breeds. Like we had Kelpies. I remember I had, I had a Staffy at one yeah. point called Bevan. So, yes, just a very eclectic mix of dogs. I guess the Sharpays would have had 
potentially some skin irritations and stuff from the rolls that that could have led you down the path of wanting to know more about the ingredients? Massively. So how we got talking about your dog and your gorgeous little French bulldog, they just have skin problems and you spend so much time and money and energy and back and forth with a vet trying to figure out what to do and what the cause is that it would just be so much easier if, yeah, these products were available. And I think the Sharpays having skin issues really triggered me when I started this to make products that would be good for them. And I think I always had that in the back of my mind looking back as a kid and seeing how, you know, sore they were and unhappy they were and your heart does bleed for them because, you know, you love them. You don't want to see them like that. Yeah, of course. You want to see them fixed. And so it was a big motivator for me to tackle that. Our Frenchie has ear irritations at the moment. I'm not sure if it's the time of the year. I mean, she always has some sort of skin irritations going on, but it's just a constant battle with getting to the vet, treating the symptoms and then changing the lifestyle, the diet, the products you use, all sorts of stuff like that. Did you find it was expensive to do and just really time-consuming? To, to identify what the issue was. Yeah. Yeah, well, with, with skin, and I'm not sure if it's the same, it's probably not the same with all dogs, but our dog has allergies, right? Mm. And you think, oh, okay, allergies, that might, you know, you might, they might get an irritation in one spot of their body, but it turns out it could pop up anywhere. She's had ear infections, issues with her pores, mm. um, issues with other parts of her, her skin, exposed skin on the body, even in the wrinkles on the face and the eyes, and it's all related to the allergies she has to the environment and the food she was eating at the time. So I think it's really important. I think that we've evolved as in the last 10, 20 years mm. with how we live with our dogs. Mm. So I think that they're we're living in apartments more, especially in cities, and I think that they're a really big part of our lives now. Mm. And I think that because they're more integrated, we're seeing a lot more of these things. Well, I think they've always been there. Obviously, like 20 years ago, I was noticing that on my sharp pays. But I just don't think we've had the products to deal with it and to really suit their skin type, their lifestyle, and just to really hit the nail on the head as to why they're having these problems. Yeah. And to also stop. Like the thing you want is you want to be able to identify this stuff really quickly and hit it on the head. Otherwise, like you said, like you're back and forth, you're spending a lot of time and energy changing diet and, you know, making food and things like that. Okay, we can go back to Hooper Rough now. Yeah. So you mentioned something about a gap in the market for mm-hmm. dog products and people not being quite aware about all the things that are in dog products and what they should know about. Yes. What is it about the ingredients in dog products that you think is so important to owners? I think it's something that we're just not aware of and I think that I think that there are so many things that we should be. I don't know if you know this, but... The skin is actually the largest organ on a dog. So when you take into consideration that it's also quite absorbent and it's the way that it's, you know, all the hair follicles and everything obviously linked to their skin and that's got a cycle on its own just like our own hair and skin and the products that we use, dogs are the same. Mm. So understanding what's important to go on their skin and what's absorbing into their skin will actually save you a lot of money on vet bills and I just... Like I said, I just don't think that it's a regulated industry. I don't feel that we're getting enough education on it and it's something I'm really big about. Starting Hooper Rough is actually just educating people on that, not trying to flog a product. Yeah. So 
to really break it down so everyone can understand, I feel that it can get so technical and to just really keep it basic and simple when you're shopping, there's some really great things that you should look out for. If you can't pronounce the name on the back of the ingredients, don't buy it. So I find that when I don't know what things are, I'm like, maybe it will be okay. And then I look at how pretty the packaging is and how much it is. And then I sort of weigh up my option. It's very much the same with dog products. So yeah, if you can't pronounce it, just don't buy it. Like look for natural ingredients, look for things that you know what they are. Mm. One thing that is really important is actually using a wash that's pH balanced for dogs. So dogs are at about a 6.5 or 7.5 and humans are around a 5.5. So there is a difference. So that's Sorry, you kind of lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what that I'm not, so, I'm not a scientist, but uh, <laughs> pH is... <clears throat> pH is important. pH is important. Yeah. And if I can't pronounce it, don't buy it. Yes, yes. It's perfect. funny because I, yeah, if I'm looking at any product, dog product, human product, I have this probably false trust in the fact that there would be regulations yeah. and that because the product looks nice and it looks like it's a sophisticated company, then it's going to be healthy, right? But that's not the case. Yeah, I have found, like, I don't know if you had a look, if there was a case a few years ago with Johnson & Johnson and they were putting something in that was not very good mm. in their products and it was actually something that was a cancer-causing agent. Right. And, you know, they had a huge recall and there was it was actually quite large. So these are brands that you and I use mm. and people use on their babies and, and we have this, like, huge brand trust. I'm not saying that this was something that happened in the dog world. I'm saying that in such a regulated industry like for humans that this stuff still happens. And then in the dog world, yeah, there's just no real regulations and a lot of these elements or chemicals are slipping into these products and they're allowed to and it's okay. No one's really kicking up a stink and I really do think that as pet owners integrate their dog more into their lifestyle and it becomes more of a family member that we're really going to start caring what goes on them and we're also going to want to just be bringing down those vet bills as well. Yeah, so apart from the the deadly things, the cancers and things, are there other symptoms that owners might notice which are the cause of some of these ingredients? Yes. So I'm sure there'll be a few listeners that have unfortunately had to go to the vets over some of this stuff. So dogs can actually have allergic reactions to some of these chemicals, especially if they're in higher volumes in dog wash. And sometimes it can actually be really hard for you to identify that. So some things can bring on an allergic reaction. Some things can actually just make your dog really, really sick. So they're not feeling well, they're dizzy, they're having sort of more dehydrated symptoms, but they're not really dehydrated, they're off their food. Some things can actually, some of these ingredients, because they're being absorbed into the skin as a wash they can actually long-term affect their organs as well so there's things in there that that just have a long a short-term side effect Mm. but also some really long-term issues as well and of course we do a lot more research on humans in that area however if we're putting these products on our dogs they're going to have the same side effects as well long term so we don't want to be spending more time at the vets, especially when they get older. So, yeah, investing and really looking mm. into what's in, what's on these products is important. I know it all too well. I have a French bulldog and we regulate the vet for skin issues and allergies and things yeah. like that. Interesting. This is probably more of a personal yeah. question. How often should you be washing your dog? 
So this is a really funny one and it's a tricky one because everyone has an opinion. Yeah. It depends on your, I base it off, I'm a bit odd, I base it off what's best for your lifestyle and your dog's lifestyle and no one knows your dog better than you do, which is why everyone has an opinion. So you know when they're ready for a bath, just like you would if you have a child. You know when they're ready for a bath. I feel the same about a dog. You are with this dog as part of your house. You know when to bath it, where the best time is to bath it, especially when they're getting a bit pong whiffy. I mean, Mm. that's the big indicator, right? Yeah. Apartment living has seen the right and smaller inner suburb living as well. So, you know, smaller confined spaces, you know, you're looking at subdivided townhouses and things like that. You're finding that people are washing their dogs more regularly because they're in the house a lot more. So you're wanting to find product, yeah, (laughs) in the bed, (laughs) on the pillow, under the covers. Apartment living is seeing the rise of people wash their dogs more regularly because they just don't want their really expensive furniture to smell terrible. That's really what it comes down to. So you're going to see the rise of more washing. But what that means is, is that we've got to now create products that aren't going to be damaging the dog's skin as much, that you're still getting a really good wash and you're removing that element but they're still able to have what they need for their skin and their fur and their, or their coat. So we need to look into formulas that are going to suit our lifestyles, basically. Okay. So we've spoken a bit about bad ingredients, what to, like, what to watch out for. What are some of the good ingredients that go into products? And one thing I found on your website, which is, I thought was amazing, it was transparent yeah. and it was also you know, really helpful for me as a dog owner was the list of ingredients that you use in your products. What ingredients are you using and and should people look out for that are actually beneficial to their dogs? Yes. So anything that you know what it is on a bottle is a really good indicator that it's good for your dog. So coconut oil is really good. Anything that with any oils really that, you know, that you know in your skincare products, like olive oil, even like palm oil, obviously sourced properly (laughs) you know things like that are going to be good for your skin in the right formulas so you know that's a big green light Mm. for me personally I put things in the products and obviously explain them on my website sodium chloride is a fancy word for salt Mm. so salt in the right quantities will actually get rid of dead skin cells and so when we're talking about that gentle wash that we want to give the dog because we're bathing them a little bit more regularly now that's something to look out for Salt is also one of those wonderful ingredients that can actually thicken a product. So when you're using a lot of those coconut oils and those natural ingredients, which we're all going, oh, this is really good and I Mm. want to put this on my dog because I know it's going to have good benefits, when you want the recipe to be a little bit thicker, otherwise you're going to think when you're buying it that you're not getting your money, like your value for money. Okay. Because you're seeing that it's a bit too runny like most oils are, right? So salt's one of those really good things to sort of thicken a product to give it that liquid soap consistency. Mm. Another one that I really like is bicarbonate soda. So it cakes, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it does. So, so bicarb is one of those things that sit in the kitchen. In, I'm sure it's in everyone's pantry and no one really knows what to do with it, but mum or dad had it at home and you know your grandma definitely does Mm. so you've got to have it too okay but it has so many purposes um it can actually be used as a cleaner people actually dilute it and drink it 
So more for internal gut health and okay. things like that. Yeah, it's used in cooking and baking. It's also a really good, not just like a cleaning agent around the house, but also it can be used in shampoos and conditioners as well. So I use a little bit of it in my products, basically to bring to stabilize the product, bring down a pH, the pH level, because we talked about dogs needing a certain range to have healthy skin. And so it does that, but it also just is a beautiful cleaning agent and it's really gentle and mild. And I love that it does that for dogs. It also is a good um, little uh, flea and tick, anti-flea and tick ingredient as well. So they don't love it. So it's one of those things that if you're adding it in, it just gives you a little bit of a boost when they're running through the grass and things like that. So it's one of those things that is just, for me, an ingredient that in all our pantries that we know and has... Has great benefits, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So bicarb soda for salt as well and oils, essential oils or uh, coconut oil, olive oil, those types of things. Yeah. If anyone wants to see any more ingredients that are in your products, you can just check out the website, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think looking at brands that are really upfront about their ingredients and will tell you why they're natural and how is really important. So don't be afraid to pick up another bottle when you're shopping and actually turn it over and go, well, Mm -hmm. I'm not too sure about that. I'm just going to pick something else up and that I feel a bit more comfortable with. And have the idea of like, if would you would you use it? Yeah. When you're buying, just think about if you'd use it. So what yeah. ingredients are you looking for? And then just to change it over to your dog. What yeah. car- characteristics are you looking for? So based dog? on what we've spoken about here, I think the way I would go about it, number one, I'd read the ingredients that you're using on your website because yeah. you're obviously very deliberate about that. But if I'm just shopping in a, in a pet shop or whatever mm-hmm. or online, if I don't understand what it is, I'm probably going to Google it Yes. <laughs> to, yeah. to try and understand more about it. And I'm going to look out for some of the ingredients that I do recognise, such mm-hmm. as your salts and the olive oils and other oils, mm-hmm. which which sound like they're beneficial. Yes. So another one to touch on with dog products, and this one's a really big one because it can actually make your dog quite sick, is fragrances. So scents. Mm-hmm. So essential oils are obviously derived from plants and flowers and leaves or and extracts from those things. They can also be created synthetically. So a lot of dog products are actually using synthetic scents or fragrances. So when it says the word fragrance, and this is something that I've been using interchangeably and I shouldn't because I buy really expensive (laughs) essential oils. (laughs) And this, again, is just an education piece, right? Like how did I know that a fragrance didn't mean fragrance? It's actually a word for whole bunch of blended products that you don't know what's in it. So it's kind of like an artificial fragrance, yeah. I didn't know that. And yeah. so I was using it interchangeably. It does sound like a natural term. Yeah. It? yeah. And it really does. Yeah. It's easy how such innocent stuff mm. in marketing, especially, can get so lost. Mm. So, anyway, so these dog products aren't using essential oils because they are expensive. Yeah. And you have to stabilize the formula better. And they can be really deadly for your dog. They can actually make your dog really crook, mm. especially if they're not in the right dosages. And you just, don't know the breakdown and the cosmetic makeup of them either. Okay. So that's a worry. Yeah, definitely. Good to know though. Good to know. So do you, you've already spoke, probably spoken about this quite a bit. Is there any mistakes you see dog owners make? I guess just using cheaper products which have all of those ingredients that you're talking about. <laughs> this one really grinds my gears. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, this is one thing I'm going to mention. Yeah. Out of a, a long list. Cat and dog wash. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Combo wash. Oh, oh, it really irritates me. I wouldn't buy anything with a cat on it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Being <laughs> dumb. I'm cat, I'm white, I'm white, I'm white. <laughs> it really irritates me. It's just, um, it's just marketing at its best, and it just, like I said, it just really grinds my gears. Cats are completely different animals yeah. to dogs. Like, how can we get this so wrong? Yet people are buying it, and they're thinking they can use it on both animals. Felines have a completely different makeup when it comes to their own skincare mm. needs to compared to what dogs do. Mm. So what is it in the product that they're trying to say is actually beneficial for mm. both? Because it, it, there's no formula that's actually going to work for both. They've both got different needs. Cats are definitely really susceptible to some ingredients that could make them quite sick, end them up at the vet whereas those ingredients might be fine for a dog and vice versa. Like yeah. your dog could actually end up at the vet and your cat will be fine from using yeah. your wash. But there are just so many things that each animal can't have or use or have as a essential oil or a scent. So some things that will be fine for a dog will actually make a cat really sick. Okay. So, so steer clear of cats and dog. Cat products yeah so, yeah so if you've got a dog don't buy anything to do with cats and vice versa just stick to your animal category yeah but anything that's a combo i am really against it that's where i draw a line yeah. in the sand and i'm really vocal about it because it's just opening a can of worms you're just really opening the well door. it's obviously not tailored to anything benefit your, your animal right yeah if it's, it's meant to be for a whole bunch of yeah animals. yeah it's like saying this wash is really good for humans and elephants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd think it was a bit odd if, you know, there was a yeah, wash was that said. Humans and, and horses or elephants yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, you'd yeah. actually think that the product wasn't good enough for you. Yeah. And that is exactly the same mentality we should start getting into for our yeah. dogs. You know, a cat and feline wash or a, a human and giraffe wash. Yeah. Like you'd be like, hang on a second, why are we washing giraffes with the same shampoo as myself yeah it does not make sense yeah it's ridiculous you're quite funny commercial or something like giraffe and human (laughs) you'd definitely be listening wouldn't you be like what yeah Uh, okay so if you had to leave listeners with one big takeaway from today's chat about dog ingredients and what they Mm. should be looking out for what would that be um, one tip I would love to offer your listeners is that when you do take your dog to the dog groomers, I would highly recommend asking them what they use. Mm. You're spending a lot of money for that service and your dog is going to come back looking amazing. However, you really want to be making sure when you're outlaying so much money that you know what's going on to your dog's skin and in and into their fur or their coat. So it's actually really important when they're getting such a good clean and a thorough run over of the mm. clippers don't be afraid to ask your groomer what they're using and don't be afraid to ask what the ingredients is because they are going to be going there quite regularly. Um, Most people won't steer away from a groomer once they've picked one. So be really sure uh, of what they're using. Yeah, it's great advice. Mm -hmm. We don't actually go to a groomer, but, you know, maybe in the future. (laughs) (laughs) I guess what typical breeds would go to groomers more so than others, others, do you think? It's really interesting so different suburbs are actually have different dogs that are popular. Yeah. So 
most dogs will go to the groomers at some point, especially if they've got longer hair, a short, uh, sorry, medium length to yeah. long hair. Yeah. Um, just because it's, I don't know, have you, I don't know if you've got a, ever had a dog with longer hair or short or oh, medium length hair. Uh, I had a Labrador when I was growing up. It's not, it's still short hair, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It just gets everywhere and they yeah. just need to be cleaned up every yeah. now and then and have the clippers and everything done. And get, it can get tangled and all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so much easier to palm that off yeah. to someone else, especially in summer. Yeah. 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 So where can people find out more about Hooper Rough? Okay, so you can head over to our website, so hooperruff.com. Yep. We're building a dog following, a dog cult following on our Instagram and Facebook. Which is how I found you. <laughs> yeah, that's how I found you. <laughs> I just was like, these books are amazing. <laughs> They're so gorgeous. So, yeah, so Instagram is where our, our followers really are yeah. and they can keep up to date with our journey and what we're doing and uh, see what other great products we have on the horizon. Perfect. Well, I'll share both of those accounts in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. Sounds Thanks good. a lot for today, Millie. It was really great to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too.